listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you decided to tune in this week. If this is your first time checking us out, This is a weekly podcast focused on providing godly perspective for everyday living. If you've been with us before, man, welcome back. Definitely appreciate your support, your listening, everything. And I also want to encourage everybody just to not only listen and subscribe and, and stay tuned in, but tell somebody, share an episode, share a series, whether it's on YouTube or iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. I'm continually blown away by seeing what God is doing because of this podcast and what he's doing through it. And so I know that he definitely has a plan and that a plan involves you and definitely appreciate each and every one of you. I also want to invite you to go back and listen to our most recent series, Who Is This Jesus? It was six episodes that focused on the ministry and identity of Jesus Christ. And I promise you that series uh, will definitely give you some, some perspective on who he is. And today, we're going to be diving into a new series that I feel will give even more perspective of our relationship with God. And and when I went back and, and really looked over my notes as I was planning season three um, and started to put together these series and put together the focus for this um, this season, one thing definitely became clear. This would be the season of connection and growth in God. And so there's so much I can say on how to build the relationship with God. But if we don't understand some core things, some some really foundational things, we end up expending a bunch of energy and effort on on, on a hollow relationship. So for the next three series, uh, we're, we're going to be looking at just that. And so I want to help um, people with insight and perspective in that relationship. And there's something to be said about a relationship with God. And this is a David O. Mackey quote, and it says, the greatest comfort in life is having a close relationship with God. And and there's definitely comfort in a relationship with God. I want you to get that. There's comfort in that relationship. And what you don't want is false comfort, right? False comfort in a relationship is when you go into that relationship with a false idea of how it works. And, And I can think too many times where people have given their lives to God and expected things to magically change or things to magically disappear. And, and whether it's those problems or flaws or whatever it is, it is in, it's true that things do change when we accept Jesus, but it's important to know it's not an overnight thing. And there's so much more involved. And I look back at my own life and, and the change in me didn't become real until I had a more concrete understanding of who God is and how real relationship with him works. And honestly, I thought my yes to him was a free pass to just keep doing um, the same way of life I've been doing, right? Just with him, right? And and I thought there was no need in really getting an understanding of how real relationship with him works. And, and for me, what I found out, it, it was like any other relationship. It came down to a choice to be intentional about how I wanted that relationship to be. I mean, he knew everything about me. I knew very little about God. And, and this podcast is an all new revelation. These series and insights come from years of walking with God, reading about people, gaining on their testimony and, and, and all of those things. Um, 
but understand that it, you have to be open and moldable to God's plan and purpose for your life. And, and one of the things uh, I learned was uh, that what this next series is going to be focused on, is, and it's how God deals with our brokenness, our flaws. And I love Ephesians 2.10, and it says, For we are his workmanship, or his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepares ahead of us, ahead of time, for us to do and simply a masterpiece is a is defined as a work done with extraordinary skill and this tells us as, as God created us we were created with extraordinary skill right being God's masterpiece doesn't absolve us from our brokenness and flaws in fact our brokenness is included in our being his masterpiece in this series I want to give you uh, just a guide on on how our bad pieces, our broken pieces still matter in who we are and how God will use every piece to create his masterpiece. So I want to welcome you to part one of this new series called Mosaic. And part one is I'm broken. Can God use me? And just right off the bat, point one, I want you to write this down. God uses broken people like you and me. That's right. In case you didn't know, you and me are broken people. Our breaks may look different. They may feel different. But the truth is we all have broken pieces. I love this quote I found from a pastor in the early 1900s. It said, God uses broken things. It takes broken soil to produce a crop, broken clouds to give rain, broken grain to give bread, broken bread to give strength. It is in the broken alabaster box that gives forth perfume. It is Peter weeping bitterly who returns to greater power than ever and the very fabric i want you to get this the very fabric of everything god has done and continues to do find its way through the hands eyes feet and mouths of broken people like think of where you were when you and god met or think of where you are right now what has god done through you even with your broken self don't think for a minute that god only operates through perfect people. There are many people throughout the Bible that God uses, and guess what? They were broken too. For every Superman in Scripture, uh, they had a kryptonite moment, and I just want to share a few of those heroes with you, not of their accomplishments, but of their brokenness, right? Noah became drunk. Abraham lied. Sarah laughed at God's word and then lied. Jacob was a deceiver. Moses was a murderer and disobeyed God. Rahab was a prostitute. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah was afraid and struggled with depression. Jonah ran away from God. The disciples argued about who was the greatest. Peter denied Christ three times. And Paul was a murderer of Christians. So let me ask you a question you already know the answer to. Are you and I any different? Are we any different from who we just mentioned? And think about yourself. Like this might be the first time you felt so connected, relatable to many of the people in the Bible we just mentioned. Like, like we know about Noah in the ark. We know about David, the man after God's own heart. We know about Father Abraham. We know Moses is leading the Israel, Israelites out of Egypt. We know about Paul as the New Testament author and, and disciple. But we relate to Noah the drunk. We relate to David the adulterer, Abraham the liar, Moses the fearful and disobedient, Paul the backwards thinker. Like, I'm so glad, like, our story 
doesn't end there, just like it didn't end there for them, right? The fact is that no matter our broken pieces, God still uses us. And I love Psalm 34, 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who crushed, who are crushed in spirit. And the Bible shows us that God helps those who can't help themselves. Uh, broken people recognize they need God. When they understand that, when we get that, we can call on God and we can call on him to help and he comes. But why? Why does he help us in this state of brokenness? And this leads to point two. And I want you to get this. We are worthy to be used by God. And just so you know, if you've, if you've never heard it, our worth does not come from good things we've done or the mistakes we've made. They don't, our worth doesn't come from what others say about you or, or how you feel when you look in the mirror. Your value does not come from accomplishments or popularity and your identity in Christ is not found in what you do. We are worthy because we are his workmanship, his masterpiece. Remember Ephesians 2.10 from earlier. And just, we can break that verse down into three pieces. One, we're God's masterpiece. Two, we're created for good works. And three, which he has prepared us to do. And God literally knit us together before we knew ourselves. Psalm 139.13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. In science class, you know, we learned that we're created from two cells, right? One from our mom, one from our dad. And while that's true, there is so, so much more um, to that story, to our creation that our science teachers left out. And you and I were created and brought into this world, not by chance, not by accident, but on purpose. God created you specifically to be the person you are. He delicately, delicately, delicately and carefully knit us together piece by piece and watch this our bodies our minds personalities talents and yes our flaws were carefully constructed god had your beginning middle and end in mind when he created you he had your tomorrow in mind long before you could remember yesterday and each of us are worthy because of who created us and i love genesis 127 so god created mankind in his own image and in the image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them and to be created in the image of something or someone does not mean we are the exact of that person or thing it simply means that we have an imprint or likeness of that person or thing like i think about it like this like god brought my parents together and created me i have a likeness to them i have a likeness to my father i have a likeness to my mother but i am not my mother or father i have a likeness to god because i was created in his image um but i'm not him I am not God. I am God. I am created in his image, but I'm not him. Our value and worth is tied to the fact that God created us in his image. The God that created heaven, earth, the sky and the animals made us to represent to represent him on earth. And, and I want you to repeat this after me. I was created in the image of God for a specific purpose. I am worthy. 
But let me ask you a question. Do we really believe that? Because see, see, the problem is we often can't see ourselves as God's image. We see ourselves in the image of other things, our broken pieces, right? And we find value where God never intended, whether that's money, power, popularity, anything, sex appeal. But those things only satisfy for a moment because they don't compare to the worth when our identity is in Jesus. The closer we become to the image and person God created us to be, the more purpose becomes clear and the more secure we become in our worth. And and despite God creating us, he still gives us the choice to repent and follow him. Like we, we know we are born into sin because of the deception in the Garden of Eden and that we see our broken pieces more and more as we get older. And worldly influences don't help because they, they amplify those uh, broken pieces and, and they, just, they just confuse us even more that we are imperfect yet created with the imprint of a perfect being in God. And, and when we reach a moment that our broken pieces become too heavy to hold on and to carry, that's when salvation comes in. Because what Jesus did on the cross, we talked about that last week, taking our sins, he is the bridge, our bridge back to God. And when we make the decision to repent, which means again, simply turn away from our lives without God, there is rejoicing in heaven. Luke fifteen ten says, I tell you in the same way, There is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. And let me paint this picture for you. There are 7.7 billion people on earth right now. But if just one of them in this moment gave their life back to God, there's a celebration in heaven. Like that's how worthy you are to God out of 7.7 billion people. He will celebrate you. He will celebrate your choice, your moment, your repentance. He will celebrate. And in our lifetime, you know, we're going to go through a lot of people, institutions, organizations, and things that are going to try to assign a value and assign a worth to us. But I'm telling you right now, there is nothing, absolutely nothing like how worthy you are to God. But in that salvation, there has to be a clear understanding. And that leads me to point number three. Don't keep your broken pieces to yourself. God is most certainly willing to take us as we are and keep us together, flaws and all. But it's when we try to hold on to certain pieces because we haven't fully entrusted him yet with our lives. Think about it this way. If I take my car to the mechanic and he says, man, you you got seven things wrong with your car and, and we need to fix them. And I say, OK, cool. You know, go ahead and fix six of them. Um, but but the one thing, that seventh thing, don't worry about that. And then he looks at me and he says, but but you don't understand. I, I, I cannot I can identify all the things wrong and I can fix them, too. I mean, sure, you can take it on after I fix those six things. But with that one thing wrong. It won't operate at the highest level it could. Does this sound familiar? So, God, I want you to lead my whole life. I give my life to you. God says, okay, great celebration. Love it. I see who I made you to be and everything you deal with. I need you to surrender all those things to me. 
I mean, God, you, you mean everything? Yes, everything. Okay, God, you can have these six things, but this one thing, I, I, I don't know that you can fix it. And I, you know, I, I, I want to hold that one close to me. I'll give you the six, but I don't want to give you the seven. I mean, I know who you are. I know you made me fearfully, wonderfully made. I know it. But that one thing I, I can't give you. And God says, you, you won't operate at your highest potential if I can't have it all. And just like that, we tell God we're cool with operating at a potential, at a performance that's less than what he created us to be. And, and thoughts like these become replays. They become etched in our minds because we constantly tell ourselves we have to hold on to certain broken pieces of ourselves because we feel we can best handle them. And we won't even give them to God who created us and imprinted in us in the first place because we've become too conditioned to hold on to certain things. And there's something I read about letting God have it all. And it says it like this. It says God needs space to move in our lives. We can clear out all of the all of the debris that is clogging up our minds and learn to surrender to him. Strongholds in our mind exist to keep us from God. Can I share something with you? Control is the hardest thing to give up because without it, we feel vulnerable. Can I share something else with you? You giving the pieces to God is something you don't even need to worry about because God was and is already in control. We have to recognize his authority and move out of his way. We can't be our own weapon against ourselves. He is the creator of the universe. You can trust him. And believe me, letting go is scary. Relinquishing control is scary. Don't get it twisted. But the freedom you get from it can't be matched. This is more clear when you couple it with the scripture that we've probably all heard from Romans. And that's Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Yes, all things, all things, all things work together for our good, even our bad pieces, especially our bad pieces. This working together is not just for our benefit. There's a benefit for other people, too. And, and we can't keep the broken pieces to ourselves because point number four, write this down. You can't shortchange your testimony. And, and you ask, what is a testimony? A testimony is simply an open acknowledgement or public confession. And for a Christian, it's a story of something God did that's worth sharing. And let me let you in on a secret. Everything God does in your life is worth sharing, right? The pieces that make us are not only for us, they allow us to help other people. And in the last series, Who is This Jesus? We talked about him and all he endured. Jesus is our example that reminds us that we have a Savior who experienced everything we do, which further qualifies him to help us. And in that same vein, our experiences, our everything, good, bad, and ugly, allow us to help other people and they can relate only if we have a full testimony that includes everything, right? A testimony that lacks one of these three elements, good, bad, and ugly, it's quite honestly a testimony without weight. 
Like people don't relate to the holier than thou, blessed and highly favored saints all the time. We can easily relate to the broken pieces and we see that in each other so easy. Like it's, it's really comes from empathy and, and all that is, is an understanding and sharing of feelings of others. We may be different people, but our broken pieces look the same. Broken relationships, broken emotions, broken hurts, broken addictions. The beauty in this brokenness is that our testimony may start ugly, but then it ends good. And I mean real good. And 2 Corinthians 1 and 4 says, He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves received from God. And let me paint this picture for you. Our stories give hope and faith to people. Our stories is, is evidence of God's faithfulness and his redemptive power. And, and believers can be reminded and unbelievers can see the physical evidence of what God can do in someone's life. There is no power in only sharing the good because how did you get there? There's no power in sharing the ugly because how did you get out of it? There's no power in sharing the bad because that's not the full story. And, and when you include where you were, how bad it was, and then what God did, there's an ignition in people that says, if God did it for them, what can he do for me? And, and I love Psalm 66, 16. It says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul and what he has done for my soul, what he has done for your soul is something that cannot be hidden. And I want to leave you with this quote. Your private struggle is about to become a public testimony of God's grace, favor and supernatural power to turn things around. As I bring this this episode to a close, this intro episode to mosaic you might be listening and say nick man i'm still broken that's what i feel that's all i feel i hear what you're saying but i, I can't shake that and i want to share with you that god's grace his supernatural undeserved favor and help is available to you right now through jesus because you are his child he's ready he's willing and eager to help you he can help you win in weakness. I want you to repeat this after me. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you that you are strength and grace are available to me right now. Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your grace. Make your strength perfect in my weakness. I know that I'm weak in and of myself, but your spirit, who raised Christ from the dead, dwells in me. So raise me up, Lord. Fill me with your strength. Order my steps today in your word. Help me stay within your holy flow today. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And let me know, let me know. Um, email me, 
thisisvantagepoint at gmail.com because I want to walk with you. This is a celebration. If you prayed that prayer, just like we said, there is rejoicing in heaven. I'm telling you there's rejoicing in the studio because we know what this means for you. And I want you, I want to pray for you. Email us. I just gave you the email. I want to give you tools. I want to help you along this walk because let me tell you, this walk is not meant to do alone. Community is key. And you have a community in Vantage Point Podcast. We have listeners all across the globe. I have followers. You can check us out on Instagram. I am Nick Ruffin, or this is Vantage Point. We want to connect with you. We want to help you through this journey. And, and I want you to tune in next week for week two of Mosaic because we're going to dig into a well-known scripture from Paul and we're going to continue to uncover the masterpiece we are in Jesus. Man, we appreciate you and remember as you seek God, he will give you perspective to everyday life. See you next week on Vantage Point. Mm-hmm.